When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. I would like to, I, I would like to pose a question to you guys. And, and, and we talked about it earlier in the year. Um, I have. It's still my pinned tweet. I, I created a meme that I was pretty proud of. If we look at that Miami Dolphins offense mm-hmm. versus the San Francisco 49ers offense, right? And we go player by player, right? The Dolphins' top two receivers are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The 49ers' top two receivers are Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. The Dolphins have Mike Gesicki, who they don't really feature all that much. He's not, I don't think Mike McDaniel wants him on his team because he doesn't block. He's a glorified. You know, he's a glorified uh, move tight end. That's really mm-hmm. all he is. They've got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. 49ers have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. And the Dolphins have Tua Tagovailoa, and the and the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you feel like the Dolphins have more talent on the offensive side of the ball than the 49ers do? I think the receiver position... Yeah, but I think Tyreek Hill is an absolute game wrecker. Destroy, he destroys games. Just his speed and what he does to a defense and Waddle, Waddle too. So I, I definitely, for as much as Debo, Debo can do with the ball in his hands, Debo is not really an elite wide receiver. I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. So he's elite with the ball in his hands, but yeah, he's not an elite, you know, route runner, separation things like that. So I, I give a, yeah, probably significant, significantly to the Dolphins there. Tight end. I used to know a guy named George Kittle, so I, I would I would probably give it to the Niners there. Um, in running backs, I mean, I don't want to say the Dolphins are using Niners casts off because they've been fantastic, but it's kind of what they're using, right? Um, and and they've both been fantastic. You know, I'm a huge Jeff Wilson fan, and I loved him running for a buck nineteen yesterday uh, in, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, in quarterback, I mean, listen, two two has got some great numbers, but if you watch those games, like. Tyreek Hill is wide open and two is under throwing the football, uh-huh. you know, so he's not, mm-hmm. but he's certainly put up numbers that Jimmy Garoppolo never has been able to. So that's a but, great question, Brian. Um, and here, and, and here's my point, right? The, the quarterback position, you could argue it's even, or maybe a slight edge to Tua, but in Tua. terms of arm talent, I don't know that there's a difference between the two of them. And Mike McDaniel has no problem opening it up for his guy. No problem whatsoever. And I understand that Tyreek Hill is offensive player of the year caliber season right now. 
And Jalen Waddle, great as well. Speed. But Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are no slouches. Right? Brandon Ayuk uh, just posted on uh, ESPN, according to uh, according to Next Gen Stats, uh, Brandon Ayuk is currently the uh, seventh-ranked wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Tyreek Hill is second to A.J. Brown. Um, and uh, Waddle isn't on that list, which that's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's uh, Brown, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and then randomly because they, they're calling them pass catchers, not just uh, not mm-hmm. just wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten is David Njoku, the tight end from from Cleveland. So, what I don't understand is there is creativity galore in South Beach, mm-hmm. like putting up insane numbers, looking like arguably either the best or the second best offense in the NFL behind the chiefs. And you've got the, the guy who, who is supposed to be the, the, the mastermind, right? Like Mike McDaniel is Kyle Shanahan's protege, but he's putting out an offense in Miami that puts Kyle's to shame. Mm -hmm. And I, there's just a disconnect there for me. And I'm again, the question becomes, was a lot of what we attributed to Kyle Shanahan did a lot of that is a lot of that should have, should it have been attributed possibly to Mike McDaniel? I know that we can't answer that question, but it's, it's there it's hanging in the air. At least it is for me. And so this game on the fourth, which I will be at, I am, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of that dolphins game. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified that that team is going to come in and put up 40 on this defense like the chiefs did just because they've got that speed. They've got, you know, they've, they've, I don't know, but it just feels like, again, there's too much talent on the side, on the offensive side of the ball to be scoring 22 points. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't have an answer, but I, I, like I said, I I think the questions are there. Yeah. I think that, you know, with what we see from Kyle and comparing that to what we see in, in Miami with Mike McDaniel, it's almost like what he's doing down there in Miami is like the Kyle Shanahan offense. If Kyle would bother opening it up and with the addition of Tyree kill, like Tyree kill hundred percent, it, it's, it's, he's one of the, the, the best deep threats we've ever seen, right? Like he is that good. He is an absolute game changer in so many different ways. Like Al said, and it's not just when you throw him the ball, he also attracts that coverage, right? There is, there is nobody in the league right now that can cover Tyree kill one-on-one. It's just not going to happen. Right. He's just, he's too fast. Maybe if you want to keep him underneath, like, okay, yeah, like you can limit him, but you're not going to stop Tyree kill from catching the ball. And the reason why is because Mike McDaniel will actually design specific plays for him. Not just like, okay, well, he's a read on this play. It's going to be like, all right, Tyree, if this play is going to Tyreek and you're going to get open because this is, this is what's going to happen. I, I don't know if Kyle does that because none of his players are ever targeted that way. Like the only Really, the ironic thing is we saw that last week with, with, or two weeks ago with Christian McCaffrey against the Rams before the bye. And he was basically a focal point of the offense. Jimmy was checking down him, throwing the swing passes. And there was a couple of ad-lib plays near the end zone, like the touchdown catch near the end zone. That was like an off-schedule play. But he was a focal point. And you rarely see players become a focal point in Kyle's offense. And I think that the idea of 
embarrassment of riches is kind of contributing to that because you're not going to see one guy dominate the the stat sheet in terms of targets and, and touches. But when it comes down to it, you have to find mismatches and you have to exploit those. And the fact that George Kittle is getting targeted twice or three times in a game and has one catch for, for an elite tight end who's proven that he can, like, this is not like, Oh, he's got potential to be really good. Like, this is not like, I don't want to say, you know, it's not a knock against Trey, but it's not a Trey Lance situation where like, you know, we, we think he has great potential, but he just has to show it on the field. Like this is like, this is an all pro player that you are not getting the ball to that you fail to get the ball to in any circumstance in the red zone in big moments. It's just like, he's like an afterthought and you can't continue to do that and expect to be successful. So Brian, like the, the same fear that you have, like, look, this, this team got run out of their own building in 2020 with when, when, Tyreek Hill was not on the Dolphins, right? That was the, yeah. the Brian Allen game, right? So That's the Brian Allen game, gross. So yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely afraid. This this game against the Dolphins is coming up in a couple of weeks. It seems a lot scarier now than it did before because the Niners just seem seem to be in an offensive funk, and I don't know if there are any quick answers. We thought that putting Christian McCaffrey in there would immediately be like you know throwing hitting the NOS button, but it's that week to week inconsistency from both the execution and play calling standpoint that just it just drives you nuts. And I, I don't know if there's a quick fix to it. Yeah. It's, it's just been weird. It's been clunky and they won the game. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not looking for like, Hey, we squeaked by the chargers this week. I'm looking for this team. I keep saying it. I want to see them take the next step because they're that good. If I didn't think they were that good, like, oh, they won the game. All right, let's see what we can do for the rest of the year on the Cardinals. I think they're super bowl level talent in terms of their team. So when they're not mm-hmm. doing that, it's frustrating to me. And we talk about the clunkiness of the off- offense. Kittle only has 41 targets this year. That's it. He's played seven games, 41 targets. Debo has 60 targets and only 34 catches. That's not good. Okay. That is not taking advantage of, of a player who's dynamic with the ball in his hands. They, they haven't been able to get the ball in his hands consistently. He barely touched the ball last night in a close game. It's not a game where you're up 30 to 10 and you're like, ah, whatever. We didn't need him. They needed him. They needed him late. So that that's the frustrating thing. Now, two people that I, I was trying to change this, I guess, some positives. Ayuk had a couple negative plays last night with the fumble, and then he ran a great route, and he dropped the ball. But other than that, he played great. Other than those yeah. two reps, I thought he really, really played well. And now you're just seeing him again. He's in his fourth game in a row over 80 yards. He looks like a legitimate receiver. He looks like the best receiver on the team. He had a huge third down catch. He had a big catch towards the end of the game when Garoppolo was getting blitzed. And, and I think maybe I ran it down to the one or two or something like that. Um, and Juwan Jennings, who's taken a lot of heat this year because of his drops. They don't win the game last night without Juwan Jennings. No. Those third down conversions. Huge. Huge. And again, Jennings isn't a guy that is going to have eight catches and 120 yards, be at four for 40 last night. And they, they're all big. So those two guys to me, I thought really, really stepped up. And Eli Mitchell, too. I thought he was just phenomenal coming back off the injury and again he was running fast and hard and running downhill and he looked like somebody didn't want to tackle so those were some definitely some positives if some of those other big guys were were pretty much invisible McCaffrey didn't have a great game McCaffrey's figuring it out still you know um I think maybe the Rams game got us a little maybe a little too excited because he's gonna have to figure it out and as he gets into the offense and and then Debo and Kittle were invisible for most of the game and and I and I, I said it before and, and I, I want to highlight it out because you were you're you're talking about players that had a good game. I still want to give flowers to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he had a great game. Yeah, you know, well. I, I I don't think I you know I don't think there was 
anything that you could that you could point to and be like, if this if someone else was in here, this game would have been different. That's the thing is I watched that game last night and I'm like, if if Justin Herbert was on the other side, does that game go any differently based on the way that Kyle Shanahan called it? Probably not. Does Kyle really? Shanahan call it differently? Maybe. And that's where you could say that's where it changes. But drop a, you know, just drop a quarterback into that offense and in that exact scenario with that exact play calling. And I don't know that anyone would have played better or that there would have been more points scored. And so again, that's where to me it comes down to is the play calling the way that it is because again, Kyle Shanahan is just afraid of the guy that he has under center. And I, I, I can't think of any other explanation. Um, but I want to highlight that, that Jimmy Garoppolo played well last night. He did. And, and, and if you're, if, if you're trying to, if you're trying to, to, to have any commentary or any narrative outside of that, then, then that is you trying to pigeonhole your own bias, your own anti Jimmy bias into it. Listen, I was as vocal as could be that I wanted Trey Lance starting last year, right? And I feel like Justin Fields' uh, progression this year validates that stance. It is what it is. I, I don't, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback past this season, but I can still look at this game and and look at the way that he's played so far this season and be like, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing some of the best football that he's played as a 49er. So kudos to Jimmy kudos to Elijah Mitchell, as you said, Al and kudos to, to Brandon Ayuk, who outside of that drop, I'm not even going to blame him for that fumble. That was a helmet that went directly into the football and popped it out. I mean, that's going to happen. I don't think there's anything he could have done differently to change that. So outside of that drop in the end zone, which Brandon Ayuk himself is pissed off about. He posted about it on, on Instagram earlier today. Um, Great game and and definitely emerging as, like you said, Al, the best wide receiver. That doesn't that's no shade to Debo. Debo's one of the better football players on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk, as just a pure wide receiver, is a hundred a hundred percent the top wide receiver on this team. And just to yeah. go off your Jimmy, what you said about Jimmy, sorry, Zane. Um, I just want to throw this out there. Jo- Josh Dubo put this stat out. Jimmy Garoppolo on third and eight yards or more. In this last game, he was six for seven for 90 yards, four first downs, and a 118.8 rating. For the season, Garoppolo has converted 45.2% of his passes on third and eight plus, second to only Mahomes. So listen, he's yeah. does he limit you in some way? Sure, but for, for Garoppolo, he, he's had a pretty decent year so far. He really has. Absolutely. It's his uh, longest career streak without throwing an interception. Uh, he will not throw any in the next game. I don't want to jinx him or anything. He's, he'll be fine. He'll he'll extend that. But it's been three straight games without an interception for him. And frankly, there weren't really any oh no throws from him in this game. Like everything was pretty, yeah. uh, it was pretty like on the money, right? Or or near receiver, or it was you know like he he threw one away too, which he never does out of back of the end zone. Which coincidentally, Jerry Rice ended up catching. So shout out to the goat. But I think that when we look at Brandon Ayuk's play and and what he did. First of all, I think it was a helmet to helmet hit. I don't think the helmet hit the ball. I think I think like the guy literally hit him in the head and and I dropped the ball as a result because he was swung into him. So I have to look at the replay. But the, the defender like, that tackled him from the, the defender that tackled him from behind is the one whose helmet hit the ball. And then oh. another defender came in and hit him in the helmet. But yeah, that's yeah, and agreed. That and also been, I, where's that call? 
Exactly. That should have been a penalty. So I do want to get to the, the, the Herbert call and the, the Greenlaw ejection in a second. And this weird touchback conversation that we're having on the down punt with two minutes oh left. But uh, do you want to talk about Ayuk really quickly? So Ayuk, he's not only catching the ball and doing all the things that they want to do as a receiver, he's also blocking really well. Like we, every week we see cut-ups of him just flattening guys, just taking cornerbacks out of the, out of the screen. And that's what Kyle wanted from him when, when Ayuk was in the quote doghouse, right? He wants his receivers to be able to block. And that's what makes Juwan Jennings so valuable as well because he's a tenacious blocker. So the receiving group in terms of like do it all, like they're fantastic. But going back to the Tyreek Hill idea, that's, you know, if you would have put Tyreek Hill on this team, that's really what they're missing, right? Is it like a legitimate deep threat? So um, that that's where we are on that. 